This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time to play with pain. Hosted by Emmy winning comedian and writer Jeff Cesario. Interviewing guests from comedy, entertainment, and sports. Plus, legendary sportscaster Chet Waterhouse. Don't worry, this shouldn't take longer than your average trip to Costco. And now, here's your host. Jeff Cesario. Welcome to Play With Pain. This is very exciting. Coming back to the show after a very uh, brief uh, uh, time away as is one of our favorite guests. This will now be your third appearance, which may be a record. Uh, <laughs> it's a record of some sort. Uh, Jackie Cation is here. We're going to talk to Jackie in just a second because uh, there's a lot of details from the last time that I need cleared up. And then there's a whole other section of stuff uh, that, that, that uh, we need to talk about. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Gary, uh, you're good. Things are good. Absolutely. Gary left again. Oh, Absolutely. He's, he's there again. Oh, I'm good. I'm great, man. I'm very excited uh, to have Jackie back. We got to clean some stuff well, yeah. up. There wasn't enough time Absolutely. the first time. There, yeah, no, there wasn't enough time. Uh, there was plenty of time, but I have an arbitrary time limit because <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit OCD. Uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, so we're going to dive into a bunch. Oh, we didn't even touch on worst gigs. Oh, Jackie, this will be fun. Uh, I like to ask my guests about uh, some of their worst gigs that don't even have to be comedy necessarily, although that's always fun. Uh, uh, so we'll dive into that. But first, uh, Chet, do you have an update? I'm like Pete Davidson. I'm always ready. Time for the Waterhouse Update, sponsored by Auto Body Experience. Hover 20 feet above your car repairs at Auto Body Experience. What are Boston and the Bay Area? Yeah, there are places so liberal they give Mitch McConnell a rash, but they're also in the NBA Finals. Warriors veterans so grizzled they laugh at Sam Elliott. Celtics so youthful the Kardashians haven't had a chance to date them yet. Who will it be? Let's strap in and see. Or you could just go for a bike ride. That wrap-up sponsored by Floorgasm. The floor wax so shiny you'll shudder with desire. NHL playoffs. We're down to the Oilers, Avalanche, Lightning, and Rangers. So only about another five weeks till the champs crowned NFL amid a contract dispute. Rams All-Pro Aaron Donald signed with Kanye West's new sports agency. West himself will conduct Donald's negotiations. So the Rams brass are trying to figure out how to get to the seventh dimension. That item sponsored by Lotions 11, the smoothest, most radiant heist gang. America's pastime. No, not looking at a damp firework and thinking, that's probably all right. Baseball. The Detroit Tigers called up Roger Clemens' son, Cody, to the majors. Said Roger, I'm so excited. I threw a broken bat at my wife. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1919, the place, Indianapolis, Indiana, Rafael de Palma, along with his mechanic, Louis Fontaine won the Indianapolis 500. It marks the only time in history the Italians and French worked together on anything. This Waterhouse Update sponsored by Dick Tucker's Women's Clothes for Men. Back to you, Jeff. Chet, thank you so much. That was, um, I wouldn't go so far as brilliant, but it was energetic. Let's say energetic, Chet. And I appreciate the energy. Uh, My guest today, amazing comedian. Uh, works the road, has uh, several podcasts, and uh, and is from Wisconsin. And those three things uh, uh, together are rare. 
<laughs> someone, someone functioning in society and, and being from Wisconsin, some, someone functioning in society and not living in Wisconsin, but being from Wisconsin. That, that's not that common, Jackie. Jackie Cation, everybody. Jackie, how are you? Uh, uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back, Jeff. And uh, here we are. It's uh, I know it was it was slightly messy. I'm 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 ter- I, I, I'm actually. The idea of reliving my worst. Actually, you know, I think I might have told you my, my worst gigs before. Well, I, every well, 12 yeah. years I have a, a terrible, terrible set. Things are going well, Jeff, is what and, in, and in general. That's a fantastic. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would wager that nowadays a set you would consider not that great is a set that people still responded to really positively. Right. I but just wasn't carried you, off stage. Yeah. Yes. For you, yes. it was exactly. Yeah. People, <laughs> people didn't come up. There were the, the, the normal T-shirt cannons weren't firing, things like that. Right. I had a bad there was a bad episode um, a couple of years ago. I'm not actually allowed to talk about it until we file the the, the countersuit. So uh, I well, can't. But that's but other than a that, phrase never been uttered on this show. Right. Well, and the weird one thing I can appreciate. Up, right. Because stand up comedy, you know, like the clubs. It's it's very much an independently run business. So the clubs support the comics in a loosey goosey kind of way. Right. So when you do one nighters, you kind of expect to have to police the room yourself. Right. Yeah. They're just trying to sell beers. Beers, man. Just trying to sell this beers. Is everything the organized labor movement has tried to get out of the workplace forever. Forever. Just in spades in stand up comedy. In stand up comedy, it all remains. It all remains. There's no organization it's at all. It's spotlighted, in fact. It, exactly. And for some reason, it's kind of celebrated. You're like, I'm tough enough. I can, I can do this. I did a gig in northern Michigan at a casino. And you know, with uh, with with casinos and usually the Native American casinos, you cannot swear, right? There's there's rules where you're not supposed to swear. You can't make fun of the the, the patrons because they're trying to get them to gamble, and you right. can't. There's there's several. You know, it's kind of corporate, right? Where it feels more corporate, and yeah. that's in general fine. You know, my brain is attached to my mouth. I yeah. cannot do things right. Yeah, All comedy is, is in me. a lot of these situations is like it's like arts and crafts after a tornado blew through the classroom. There's <laughs> only a few things available, but you have to create something within these very tight bounds. Most gigs you go to, there are uh, rules like that, and they change per gig. Right, right. You know, like uh, the <laughs> boss's wife doesn't like it blue. Right. And then the boss's wife comes up and says, get as blue as you want. You know, right. there's all these changing rules. You only have three colors of magic marker <laughs> and you have to paint a picture. All right. right. Sorry, I didn't mean and, right. And you have yellow, pink and magenta and they want grass. And you're like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. And uh, which is which is a, a skill set in itself. I mean, you think about think about the people that, you know, who do corporates, who, who actually write to the to the company, right? They write their acts to the company and they actually are like, you guys know Gary and HR. And then they've got a bit (laughs) about Gary and HR. I've always both admired that person and felt superior to them. And uh, it harkens to one of my worst gigs. And I know you're going, I know you've got several places you're going to, if you can, uh, I have to utter things when I say them because I will forget because I am, I have, not it's it's actually not associated with age it's completely and totally from my youth uh where uh we were told we were growing up catholic and in reality we were all adhd and ocd and they just nobody knew those was that jesus (laughs) was that jesus you jesus had adhd he laid he laid that on us (laughs) so and and he called it add he he called it ADD because yeah, that's yeah. how old Jesus was. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's all he, he could only get ADD in the DSM. He couldn't get any <laughs> other other disease and um, any other afflictions. Whatever. I'm, I've just hashtagged myself out of the business. Anyway, <laughs> I was in somewhat related to this. Uh, 
doing stand-up, I get an offer to warm up for the Bob Newhart show. Uh, the warm-up guy has what? got something. He says, would you do it? So I go, yeah, I'd love, uh, you know, ordin- exactly what you're talking about. One of those gigs where you go, God love them. I respect those guys. I cannot do what they do. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of happy going to clubs and just doing my own material and feeling great about it. <laughs> but I go, yeah, I'll go do it. So I go do it. And uh, I- I'm doing okay you know, you have to know exactly when to pop in their uh, their taping scenes, their retaping scenes. So you have to go in and get the energy up and keep, a, a half hour sitcom could take five hours of taping. And you're the glue that has to go in, keep it all together and keep people bubbly. Talk about a learned so, skill, man. So yeah. I'm out of gas about 55 <laughs> minutes, in, you know, so somebody says, hey, I have to pee. And I go okay, go pee. And everybody goes, well, if they're peeing, we'll go pee. So they all get up and leave. (laughs) (laughs) And the showrunner is the sweetest man on, on the world. Uh, Mark Wilson, I believe his name was Dave Wilson. Uh, He comes up to me. He he could have literally ripped me limb from limb because now they're holding on a shot in order to get the crowd back in, which is big money. And he just comes up and he goes, "Uh, is this the first time you've done this? And I go, yes, I'm sorry. And he goes, "Uh, I've seen you stand up. You're very good. You probably should not do this ever again. (laughs) That's the way he put it. I just yeah. Went, yes. Yeah. yeah. I should never. You're do not this wrong. Again. You're not wrong. I had I I I've done warm up one time and it was comparable, though I knew that not to let them go anywhere. I was like, this is yeah, a hostage situation. You are in. You I you cannot leave. Right. I love all of you. You should have brought a bottle or a wag bag. Right, anyway, exactly. so so um, so back to your anecdote. This is this. Uh, is I'm in way- I'm in northern. I'm in uh, upstate. I'm in the Youpers. I'm in upstate Michigan. The Upper and Peninsula. I'm, Upper Peninsula uh, doing a casino. To as the Youper. Right. That's it. I'm doing a, a, a casino there. And um, it's not going well. This is, I think, 99, 2002. Who knows when it was. Right. Uh, but uh, I'm sure they don't the have a record of it anywhere. Years, <laughs> right. I'm sure it's on my permanent <laughs> record somewhere. It's uh, let, me, let me go to the files. And so... <laughs> There's three guys in the front row who are drunky drunkersons. They're uh, drunk out of their minds and they're just yelling stuff and it's almost impossible. And I go through the four levels of trying to deal with hecklers, but to have to do it clean, right? You have to do it. Not what are your four, what are your four levels? Four, first level is uh, ignore. Second level is, hey, you guys, where'd you learn to whisper under a helicopter? Uh, third one is, uh, seriously, I wish you were at home. Uh, not doing this uh, and jokes to those a, a, a occasion. And the fourth right. level is literally trying to hurt their feelings so bad that they leave, especially. So and- it's, it's ignore then uh, uh, treat playfully. Yep. Then attempt to respectfully shut them down and then just uh, machine guns on full. Yeah. yeah, get out. Why don't you have children to pedophile? Literally horrible, horrible lines to try to get them away from me and, and my life. Right. And but you can't in this case because it's a casino. And uh, so I get to that fourth level and I'm seeing red spots. I'm so mad. And so I literally just pause. and I'm like, what else could I do? And I fall to my knees, I make the sign of the cross, and I try to pray them out of the room. Wow. And that that worked. That worked. That worked? Yeah. I was like, please, God, bless these men away from me. May they win (laughs) all of their games of chance outside of this room. (laughs) I was like, you guys seriously have to leave. I will not get up. But then the, the horrible thing, they leave, then I have to get up. This is this has always been built like your aunt. And me at the age of 55, <laughs> getting up, <laughs> just, yeah. not positive, more like a rolling kind of, you know, whew, wow. it isn't yeah. great. Yeah, no, they uh, they really need to put in those aluminum handrails <laughs> that they it's, have uh, in showers. Did you ever see, 
you ever see the heat Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy? Yes. Uh, Melissa McCarthy's physical work was uh, m- was what I was doing, but not as funny. So because uh, that well, phys- but she she wasn't under the threat of imminent professional death. Either. <laughs> right. Because you got to do your time. Otherwise, you don't get paid. So um, exactly. though I have recently decided I'm willing to eat the money uh, to get out of a situation that could be very dangerous. <laughs> have so. you le- ever left a gig? Um, if I ever walked off stage and not finished a gig, no. Should there have been times I did? Yes. Um, yeah, I did a- once. Oh, did you? Just in, walked off in uh, in uh, uh, Vancouver of all places. Weird of all places. Yeah. So I and I've heard nothing but tremendous things about Vancouver. <laughs> right. But, but I'm I'm booked um what I used to call the Spotlight Strong Arm Tour. Spotlight was an agency out of New York that back in the 80s represented all the big comedians, Jay Leno, Seinfeld, Bill Maher, Carol Lee for everybody. I was just getting into their rotation. So I was in the in the opening four weeks of any gig that Spotlight got. And Spotlight could get gigs on wrong numbers. I swear to God. <laughs> They would just, you know, there's a hello, Holiday in Saskatoon. What? No, yeah. we don't have a comedy club here. No, well, well, yes, we have a banquet room, but sir, I have to. Well, yes, we have a spotlight, but the, you know <laughs> what? Just send the comics and we'll do yep. it. So mm-hmm. they, they would frustrate people into gig. This was one of those. It was Vancouver, but it was a shed out behind a strip club next to the airport. So it wasn't the good room. No, in Vancouver. No, that sounds like that's where uh, the Peoria jukebox moved to. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Right. So I uh, went on stage and our biggest show of the week, we had 13 people and seven of them were this table of wheat farmers from Alberta, French Canadian wheat farmers from Alberta. C'est vrai. They start heckling me in French. Oh, oh my God. So I don't know what they're saying. And this is now the fifth show. Right. And, and uh, of the week. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, all right. Do you speak Italian? They say no. So I swear at them in Italian. Yeah. And, and uh, they won't leave. And yep. so I, I go, listen, I can't do the show for the five people who are here to actually listen to some jokes. Right. Yeah. And you're not letting, they were drunk and they just kept going yeah. in French. Right. So now I, I don't know what's going on. So I go, and you don't want to let them win. But but this is a battle that you don't want to because we're, we're trained to think then they win. If I leave, guess what? You both win. You both win. Yeah. Because then you don't have to yeah. fucking live that life. You are. So I ju- yeah. So yeah, exactly. So I just went, look, uh, now someone may win this. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't think this is being recorded. This, if this were soccer, they would call this a friendly. It's just out in the middle. Of <laughs> so yeah, I said I gotta go. I'm going back to the hotel. If you can get, if you can get these guys out of the room, I told the club. Yeah, I'll come back. Yeah, they did. I'm in my hotel room. I'm just about to start. You know, getting comfortable and watching. <laughs> right. I get a call. We heaved them. They're out. The other great. six people that are still here want a show. So I go, great. Wow. I go back. I have to pass these fucking guys as I'm going back to the shed because they're going Terrifying. into the Terrifying. Terrifying. Right? Because it sometimes it's scary, you know? I mean, I've been I've It was I've the only time I was physically car. afraid. Right. And I've got knew I couldn't show it. a thousand you can't show it. Though yeah. I have been walked to my car. Dozens of times because there's been some drunk wow. who I've had to ask to be kicked out or, to go, you know, or to, I've told him to shut up and I've won that battle. But the yeah. thing is, you win a battle. You're not going to win the war. If he corners you against your yeah. car, then you're going to lose the war. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, not, right. Exactly. That is, oh my that is God. a that's, second battle that I will. I will not win. <laughs> that's got to be terrifying. And I've seen uh, you. I, I hate to say your act because you have several acts now, but I've seen much of your stuff and I would hesitate to say, I don't think it's from, I don't think it would be under what I would file the normal things that would trigger a drunk macho guy. At no time am I 
I am not, I don't interact with the audience. I'm not, I'm not belittling anyone in the audience. I'm right. not a button pusher. I am literally the golden retriever of stand-up comedy. You should leave going, well, that was at the very, if you hated it, you should say to yourself, well, that was cute. If you loved it, you're like, I love golden retrievers, you know, or whatever. When in doubt, if you got a family, get the golden retriever. <laughs> Right. That's going to be that dog is going to be nice to your kids. Yeah, And you're so, not diving into a lot of, uh, of it's, uh, it's sexual... sociopolitical. It's sociopolitical yeah. at at the most political. It's sociopolitical. And the sex stuff is usually married sex or some right, weird right. math joke that I've that comes out of a dick joke. So it's never all of my dick jokes are the weirdest. Most, I have a Morse code dick joke. I have a wow. joke about how many feet are in a mile. I mean, I literally, it's a. <laughs> These I are corners not, of your act I have not seen yet. <laughs> this is, I am not anyone's enemy. So for someone to be so mad at me yeah. as to follow me to my car or to want to corner me against a wall or, and the, and the staff of the clubs, sometimes they jump in. Sometimes they do not. Yeah. And you yeah. got to police your own. That's very brass, iffy. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of. Yeah. There is a Serpico quality. <laughs> to do I wish I had You've got your foot in the door, your cheeks sitting there. Guys, you behind me? No. Bam. Bullet right there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so two things. First of all, I want to. Uh, and I say these only so you can help me remember them. Uh, I want to know the uh, foot in a mile joke that goes in. That is a dick oh, it's joke on the new. It's the closer and, on the and, new album. Oh well, then don't give it up. I don't want. I don't okay. want you to give give that up. Uh, but maybe the other math joke. The, uh, the math Morse code joke. one. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, the Morse code joke is essentially. I read a romance novel uh, that explained supposedly tantric a tantric sex move. That I was like, ooh, I want to try that. And uh, I'm with my husband in the sack. And uh, and I want to try it. And so he's never read the book. He doesn't know the thing. So I just take over. I take over the reins a little bit. Sure. And so at the end of it, I say, and, and the, the tantric sex move was like, um, nine short strokes, one long stroke. Eight short strokes, two long strokes, seven and six, five, five, four, three, you know, until you do it, nine, ten, long, deep, long strokes. And it's all well and good. Uh, so I do this. And afterwards, I, uh, he, I said, did you notice the thing I did right there? When we were making the sweet, sweet love. And he goes, yes, yes, I was there. What was it? And I said, well, it was a t- it was tantric sex, supposedly. And I explained the long and the short of it. Huh? And then he cool. says. Uh, well, I'm really glad you didn't do three short strokes, three long strokes, three short strokes, and then three short strokes, three long strokes, three short strokes, <laughs> and then three short strokes, three long strokes, three short strokes, because then you would have been like, oh, my God, he's in trouble. And then I had to go look up SOS. So uh, Exactly. And- <laughs> That's great. <laughs> okay. that From that to uh, how many times does this happen? Oh, this is getting into another area that I uh, this is good. Cause I just remember something else I want to say. Um, does this happen to women comedians uh, where they have to be walked out to the car over something that for a male comedian, they would either throw the guy out or it would be handled or there'd be some kerfluffle and then somebody would get something at the bar, but nobody would have to be in fear of their life necessarily. Right. And I can't answer that because I'm not a male comic, right? Yeah. I've never noticed. I've, I've, I, when I was featuring a lot, right? I would notice that they would, there was all, there was a horrible guy that I used to, that I, one of my worst, this was the dumbest week in the world. Uh, this so, is, this is dovetailing into worst gigs. <laughs> that, right. Well, except for that, it wasn't the worst gig for, I mean, it was just a, not, not the work, gig, work, but right. The working, opening condo. for this, right. We're working for this dude, working with this dude. He had one of those puffy shirts like uh, Seinfeld and, oh, uh, and he would wear a, a, a vest and his opening joke was, I look like ideal blackjack. And, um, and he did an hour and he did what he called, or he did, you know, maybe 50 minutes, whatever, but he did the, the bulk of his time is he did jokes, what he called, 
where he slams dudes, where he's where it, it's and then the oh. last 15 minutes, he slams women. But the, the stuff he would do about slamming dudes would be like men like to drink beer and steal the remote. And then the last um, <laughs> the last 10 or 15 minutes was literally <laughs> bitches, man bitches and uh you know you oh, can't God. think they want all your money and they they should blow you every time oh. they look at you and you know all these things and it was uh. i watched him i it was a series of one-nighters that ended in grand forks for the weekend right so uh the grand forks for the weekend and then mankato minnesota anyway but it was it was a and i had to drive i had a tercel that would start in 50 below. So it was a great car. It was a, uh, and he refused to drive because he was from Atlanta and he lived in LA and I can't remember this guy's name, but, um, wow. but he was such a tool bag. He was like, I can't drive it. I'm like, it's a 1400 mile car ride. And I was featuring and I don't even think he gave me gas money. This guy, anyway, he was, wow. a, piece of, he was a piece of work anyway. But by the third, we were in Minot and every night he would pick, you know how you can tell in in the audience, right? Uh, he could tell who's essentially like the prettiest drunk woman in the audience in town, uh-huh. right? And he'd get into it with her about feminism or about sexism or about bitches. And awful. He was um, dude was a monster. And then he would try to like like negative talk, like the negging thing, negative talk her into fucking him that night. So it was fantastic. It was just a delight to be around in six hours a day with this fucking dude in a car. And uh, so this is, and it goes wow. on. And so, so this was this narcissist's way to justify the 15 minutes of vitriol. Yeah. Was, so, oh, no, I've, I've written 45 in front of it. That's all anti-guy. Right. That was his, exactly. Yeah. That was his. Oh, and Jesus. so, but so the third night we get oh, to God. Minot. And it's before the weekend. By the weekend, I'm done talking to this dude. And uh, and um, but when we get to my night, I see the pattern. So after the show, the woman comes up to him to continue to get into it. And he's going to try to get laid. And, you know, he's 40. She's 23, if that. Yeah. And uh, and I literally just spend the entire night just trying to cock block him. Just go. And I'm like, <laughs> this guy is a nightmare. This guy is just an idiot. Do not do not. And, but by the end of the week, uh, we're, we're trapped in this car. Two things happen. One, I finally go, you know, if you hate women so much, who are you? Who do you date? He's like, well, my girlfriend's a stripper. And I was like, fascinating. The fact that you would date a stripper and you would think women are really interested in money. Have you ever thought about dating a librarian? Cause then you do jokes about how bitches be reading too much. And, uh, and then the final thing that happened, we're driving from Grand Forks to Mankato in a blizzard, and oh he will not drive. And folks, that's not a short drive. That's from the uh, the border, the western border of Minnesota, all the way in and down to the, the, the South Dakota-Minnesota border, all the way in and then down to the Minnesota-Iowa border, essentially. It's a, it's, it was a haul, and it was a disaster. And I said, your job in the next three hours is to keep me awake because we do three hours of just whatever. And then I was like, you have to tell me some story. He, the story he chose to tell Jeff Cesario was the history of world war two from the point of view of the Germans. Wow. Okay. Well, I think, I think we could probably find his mugshot <laughs> with the January 6th people right now. Yeah, he I, he was just a just a dingbat and a dirtbag. And I you know, I've spent the last 40 years working with dudes who are great. A lot yeah. of great comics. A lot of there are so many good you want a straight white male comic? I can give you a handful of names that you should be booking. Yeah. But why do you got to book that guy? Cuz he's a tool. You know, yeah, and I, and yeah. I got to stand by the door when I'm talking to that guy. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, it's uh... so in your headline sets, this you can respond to. How many times have you felt? Uh, all right. I'm going to need some help getting out to the car because this got out of hand with this guy or or the guy's a fan, but he's just too damn drunk and he won't keep his paws off me or. One of the comics in the green room is hassling me because well, this is something male comics do not have to deal. Right. with. Right. And it doesn't happen 
all the time because I live slightly defensively, right? I'm not running naked through the streets with money taped to my ass thinking, what's right. going to happen? You know, so <laughs> right. if after the second show, I always get a walk home. Really? After the second show, I always get one of the kids, one of the security dudes uh-huh. to walk me home. And it's usually just four or five blocks to the to the hotel or they drive me and that's not, it's not an issue. Right. But if it's a walking situation and because of this thing that happened like two or three years ago, I now pay a kid to stand next to my merch table to protect me. Wow. So just because. Somebody somebody jumped a merch table to get at you. Just, just, just if I'm, I'm unprotected, you know, when I'm at the merch table, there's just, right. There's, if anybody wants to, to, to get in my face, they can, and it's just a drag, but it doesn't happen. It probably like where I felt unsafe, maybe three times a year. And I do the road like 40 weeks a year, 40, 42 weeks a year. That, that, it's three that, times more than it ought to be, but if it's yeah, and if it's three times a career for most male comics, yeah. that would be considered a lot. Yeah. So this is uh, uh, this is crazy. It, are there things you do, and because I know your style, and because you've been at it longer than people may assume, you have a very youthful look. Why? Thank uh, you. <laughs> Zoom uh, helps. <laughs> you have a rhythm that may be partially at least attributed to the time in which you came up. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you, you have now shaped that rhythm to be very unique to Jackie Cation, but you can, if you want, go boom, boom, pow, boom, pow, boom, boom, pow. You can do that. And I imagine you may do that in a green room with the two or three guys you may have to deal with for a week who you're not getting well, great vibes from. Well, and you may I, go, all right, guys, I'm kind of semi one of you because I can do these idiot rhythms. Well, and that that was coming up, you know, coming up sitting yeah. in green rooms where they don't where where it's it's a caricature of some weird boys club where you're like, what yeah. are you even like like the Chris Rock Will Smith thing <laughs> that just felt like any number of male comics getting into fisticuffs for no reason (laughs) but they chose to do it because they're both hugely famous in front of billions of people (laughs) right 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 right. and so chris rock decides to you know do a thing incidentally before i forget you could incidentally walk into any green room that had just guys in it and go what do you do and walk out and then just turn around (laughs) just like those like a couple of roosters just fucking you know like cock a doodle doing at each other and you're like this is exhausting so why don't you go and just hurt yourselves right now right Right. (laughs) how is this helping and does everyone know that they're at work (laughs) i know it doesn't feel like work because it's comedy and there's beer but you are genuinely at work and so what i have taken to doing as a headliner is just i ask i'm like it's fine if there are you want to book straight white guy? That's fine. Just one of the two. The other one, get me something else. Right. A woman, a person of color, uh, a homosexual, uh, someone with a fucking limp. Anything to mix it up because everyone has money. The disabled have money. Black people have money. Brown people have money. Asian people yeah. have money. Women have money. Lesbians have money. Gay men have money. And, so, and, and uh, you know, all, all hashtags aside... Uh, and all woke, oh, that wokeness a, that should be a hashtag. All hashtags, all, yeah, yes. all hashtags aside <laughs> and all wokeness aside the way you have to talk to a club owner uh, of any stripe is just get me something else yeah something is the key word <laughs> that's the only thing that will register power of what you're trying to convey <laughs> right i don't it doesn't i don't i don't have to i don't want to do you know your comics right you know your local comics. You're booking yeah. locally. I can't afford to bring my own features yet. Um, but um, yeah, it could be just what it is. It doesn't have to be, you know. And um, anyway, but yeah. So the worst you've experienced, if you could talk about it, I if can't. You're it's can't. so just because it's too fresh. But the uh, oh, there's geez. bad. There's there's funny ones. 
there's let's see oh that that was the dumbest there was a gig i did in probably 2012 2010 and it was albuquerque a, a town that is probably fine Right. That is probably has a lovely That's on the sign on the way into town. It's probably has lovely probably comedy fine. audiences. <laughs> but the club that they had was one of those old school kind of, um, you know, it was it was one of those. Uh, like a loony bin kind of situation. Right. OK. Where yeah. um, kind of a C room and they, they had yeah. a condo and I wasn't really doing condos at the time. Here's some here's some red flags. You fly, I flew into Albuquerque. The guy's wife picked me up. The couple owns the club. The wife picks me up. I had a connecting flight. Things were delayed. I texted her and said, hey, my flight's going to be delayed 45 minutes, so you should give, your, give me an extra hour to get there. And so she picks me up and she goes, you know, you're the first comic to ever contact me and tell me that you were <laughs> delayed. And I was like, oh, who are they booking? They aren't booking wow. adults. They're no, not booking adults. No. So... Mm. We are driving and I'm like, well, I'm looking forward to the week. And she was like, well, if we like you, we'll have you back. But sometimes we don't have people back. We don't like them. She's she feels it necessary to warn every headliner that uh, you if you're a monster, they're not going to book you back. And I'm like, OK, so she drops me off. I know the feature a little bit so that I'm OK sharing the condo with this guy. And but we get in the condo. There's the the iron is chained to the wall, Jeff. They're booking wow. people that will steal an eleven dollar iron. I'm like, who? Who are they booking? Wow. So I, I get to the club, and the MC, and I've he's featured for me since. But the MC is the fry cook. He's he has a job, and he's the fry cook. Wow. So they charge seven dollars to get into the club, which is less than a movie, and. They Don't do not police the room. Well, they do not police the room. The manager is a woman who uh, just kind of ignores me and works fine. Uh, just, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, first show. I uh, the, uh, the feature has not, the MC has not been given the night off. So he brings up the feature. He has to go back and make tater tots or some fucking thing. He misses introducing me. The feature has to bring me up. Wow. So that's the first show. Second show, they're just drunky drunkersons. And um, I walk into the green room. I walk into the manager's office. And the own, the husband, the owner of the club is there making out with the manager. Okay. So I'm like, turn so around. On, on the out. ride back to the uh, airport, airport, do I tell the wife? Uh, I never got a ride back to the airport because the oh. second show Saturday went so bad that um, the the headliner was this guy. The owner was this guy. And he goes. So that that set didn't go well. And I said, because he he came he came in and I was like, yeah, no one was policing the room. And the, the manager said, well, she was having a hard time controlling the room. And I looked at her and I said. Did you just say that I had a hard time controlling the audience? And he was he the dude stood between us and he goes, I headline Vegas. And I almost said, Towny rooms don't count. But I did not say that. Uh, I was just like, Yeah, sometimes it doesn't work out. I would like my pay in cash, please. And so they wow. handed me a sweaty wad of twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> and uh and then <laughs> A woman from you the had audience. You have deloused before you counted it. Oh my god! And a woman from the audience offered to drive me to the airport at four in the morning, and I took her up on it. Wow, mm -hmm. that's impressive. Mm -hmm. Someone from the audience steps up and goes, "All right, I can kind of smell what's. <laughs> I smell the bar mats through right. everything." So I was I literally, right I was here. literally just standing outside the club. And I and I couldn't get anyone to walk me back. And the feature had already left. And uh, so I was just standing there. I was like, how am I going to get to the airport tomorrow? Because the the wife had no one had organized it to, to get me to the airport. And it was a 6 a.m. flight. This is so horrid. It was. Yeah. So some I mean, 
there are funny heckler stories, but you didn't want funny heckler stories. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, that was that, that. No, that no, that is that's perfect. I mean, it's <laughs> it's fascinating to me to a get that douche chill up the spine remembrance of those gigs when I yeah. had to do those gigs. Yeah. You know, we just go, why am God, I, why are people living this? What are they doing? Right. And the four in the 30 to 50 minutes that I get to do, whether I'm featuring or headlining at this time. Right. And whatever this, the gig stories are, is this enough to make this all worthwhile? And it turns out, yes, it turns out it's like heroin. It's all yeah. worth the drama and the horribleness. And yeah. because I need to do stand up comedy. Right, right. You have to do it. Hey, guys, that was brought to you by Science Friction, sci-fi that rubs you the wrong way. I, Chet, I, I don't even know what, ah, forget it. You know, if they pay the seven fifty, we put them <laughs> on. It's that simple. All right. Now, let's try to take this into a broader area now that you're having more success. If you don't mind following down this road, because it's fascinating to me. Um, I remember, uh, I love following you and Lori Kilmartin on Twitter. Okay. Uh, hilarious, first of all. And then secondly, my eyes are open to certain things that I wouldn't necessarily see. There was a article, there was an article written, a critique of Hacks, which is the, uh, um, I think TV it's HBO show? Max. Yeah, the okay. TV show about, uh, uh, largely about a uh, aging female comedian coupled with a very young uh, writer. And uh, then there was an, another show that they brought into the sphere of critiquing. And her point, the woman writing the article was, um, these shows get this wrong, essentially, that they're, they're you know, <clears throat> this isn't really the way it is. Why does every show about stand-ups have to be, or women stand-ups have to be this why can't it be a little more realistic or, so, or at least that's the way it felt to me. And then both you and Lori were like, whoever's writing this is full of shit. <laughs> and, and, and I, and I couldn't connect the dots to the point where I said, I even wrote, I got tagged it. I, I don't get it. <laughs> Cause it seems like what she's saying is, is the show might be a little too broadly painted or sort of a Hollywood version. And I couldn't comment because I haven't seen either of the shows. Me and then neither. I thought, oh, moron, you got to back out and and I'll, and see what's going on here. So I didn't I didn't quite understand the criticism of the critique. But being uh, being in this world, there's got to be so many aspects of this now. Speak to that point if well, you all, remember all that, I, and then speak to it in general. Here's the weird thing about. Two things. First of all, there's so many shows right now in the last probably three to five years about stand-up comedy. It has yeah. literally become, I think it's because so many comics have become showrunners. And they're like, I want to talk about this nostalgic time when I was <laughs> at the store in 1974. <laughs> and you're like, ah, okay. Yeah. And, um, and you want to say, write what you know. Do you know <laughs> anything else? Did you play right. games when you were a child? Is there so anything else? We right. So there's so much of that. And it's and it's fine. Whatever. You know, I I don't I don't necessarily I don't watch fictionalized stand up comedy. The yeah. one fictionalized stand up comedy movie I did see on purpose was the Freddie Prince story. I can't hear the laughter. It was an after school special. I saw it in 1977. Anyway, um, he shoots nice. himself at the end of it. Very sad. Anyway, so, uh, but it was essentially just an after school special. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Freddie Prince uh, killed himself. So, uh, but the, there's, this is what I know about, first of all, themed television shows, Law and Order, uh, Castle, Bones. If you're a forensic scientist, <laughs> you probably don't enjoy bones. <laughs> you know, right. if you're right. a cop, if you're a firefighter, you probably don't enjoy. Yeah, whatever. Right. All right. Of these shows. So they they're it's 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 theater, right? It's drama. It's television. It's it's fiction. So I get what they're doing. That's why I don't watch it is because there's there's parts of me that are like. You know, I guess 
Pete Holmes did a show called Crashing. Right. And that was a show about him starting out stand-up comedy. And he played himself. And it was impossible. I mean, he's a much better actor today than he was like Seinfeld, right? Like he right. didn't know how to act when it started out. So right. acting like a shitty comic, he couldn't even do it. Right. right? He Just emotionally, I'm sure he just balked at it. <laughs> but um, the problem with subconsciously can't write himself there can't do it can't seem to go there and so um but there's the in in general i have said this before is that you can't do a show or stand the old emo phillips joke it's best to watch stand-up comedy live because if you watch it on television it's like incest you're giving up quality for convenience and uh which is a dark dark fucking awesome joke but the uh but when you see stand up comedy live you can laugh at it live right if you listen to an album you can laugh at it if you see it on television you're slightly removed but you're like oh this is a comedy show i'm going to watch this guy do i'm going to watch this person do stand up comedy if you watch a law and order about a comic who's on stage and then a murder happens here there's two removes, right? Yeah. And so the suspension of disbelief is kind of screwed when you hear the joke. The joke can't yeah. hit as hard. And so that's one problem with stand-up comedy in a fictional situation. The second problem, no one's willing to give up their A material, Jeff. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's in, really true. Yeah. I'm not, the, the, the stand-up mind goes... The value I'm getting out of this of appearing in this project is strictly the value of my face in front of other people, regardless of what I say. They're going to lay that on the scriptwriter. So yeah. why bring my A stuff here? You don't want to throw that out. That's crazy. You're... Yeah. yeah. And if you're a I, someone called me, one of the writers for that that comedy store show, called me and said, "Do you have any good heckler lines?" as a woman to hecklers in the audience. Um, Cause we need something for the show. And I was right, like, right. I'm still using them. <laughs> you can't have them. <laughs> I know. You cannot, I you can't know. have them. If I get, and, and, and what's frustrating to me is, is, and I know what you mean. There was a glut of shows about stand up comedy. Uh, and, and it's, and it's, and it, it hasn't really tapered off yet. Uh, and and no, I hope they're getting better. I, they yeah, are I have getting to better. Check them out. But the one about this about about the store was was instantaneously uh, there was friction between me and the show, <laughs> and I just went, "Oh, this isn't this is the and and I had to channel that because I knew I would have to discuss that somewhere, and, and the, the way I'm able to channel those is it just it it they are missing some of of the dramatic underpinning. I always think of, 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 uh, I had the amazing good fortune to work with Gary Shandling. Yeah. On, on Larry Sanders show. Wow. And we wrote a comedy with dramatic underpinnings that Gary wrote sort of dramatically and just said, look, the comedy's going to bubble up. And when it does, then that's what we'll do. But we're still dealing with people who are, have pathetic feelings and awful <laughs> feelings and angry feelings and have when, when the five of us are standing there in a scene together, there are five separate narcissistic selfish agendas. And that's what we need to write to. That's what will drive this forward into a plot. We don't even know where it's going yet. And then when you see a drama about comedy and, and they're, they're kind of missing that mark right off the top, you go, Oh, geez. Oh my God. You know, right. If you just told the story of the humans, yes. uh, some of the best comedic moments are in dramas. Oh, where, absolutely. Where, where funny comes out of tragedy, where funny comes out of something so ridiculous. You're like, well, that was terrifying and also hilarious. Yeah. That's why they ride that line. So good on breaking bad on better call Saul on better things. I like Atlanta. They are riding that that exact edge they're letting some drama be in this and in some cases a lot of drama yeah. and then don't worry don't worry the comedy That's will come yeah it's flying we're, in we're people so to try to write from stand-up comedy like you're like we're gonna talk about this comic and then we're gonna make their life dramatic around them yeah it's it's sort of backwards and yeah, it's un absolutely it's, un it's unfortunate but hacks 
I think starts with the drama. And then those two women just happen to do stand up right. comedy and that's their work. And so to my knowledge, hacks, and I have not seen it, but hacks works even better. And Miss Maisel is sort that was of a, the other a, one. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Miss Maisel, I, and I have not seen that either is more of a caricature of stand up comedy. Right. So it's more right. the castle or bones of murder right. mysteries right. as opposed to the law and order SVU of murder mysteries. Yeah, I remember learning that lesson about as true as you could learn it when there was a show on fashion design, like a, a fictionalizing a fashion designer whom I, you know, I have zero contact with that world. <laughs> Shocking. My brother is, yeah, my brother is a costume designer and was a costume oh. designer in New York City and did some stuff yeah. on Broadway and taught for a while. And and uh, and so my wife and I were watching and there was like some some sort of over the top kind of uh, who's the guys that Brian Murphy ish sort of uh, kind of that sort of sort of overblown, but fun you know, Hollywood vibe to it. And we're like, oh, this show's kind of fun. And my brother, without skipping a beat, went dreadful. <laughs> he just yeah. Yeah. misses the mark completely. And I went, oh, right. This is exactly how I felt when I saw the Tom Hanks stand-up movie. Right, right. Is, there's lockers. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you're just like, that's the old joke, right? <laughs> right. That there's some sort of stand-up comedy lockers. <laughs> yeah, right. That was great. So everybody feels that way. That's so hilarious that... That and right now, forensic uh, um, police work—they <laughs> they have got to be tearing their hair out. <laughs> right? They're just like, this isn't okay. Sure, enjoy it. <laughs> that, that's what I—that's exactly how I feel about these stand-up comedy shows. I'm like, please yeah. do. But I get, you know, every night I was like, you watch Miss Maisel, you watch Miss Maisel, and I'm like. No, but I understand it's very good. I understand the costumes are yeah. amazing. I understand that the situations that this woman is in are more like starting comedy in the 80s than starting comedy in the 50s if you're a woman. And yeah. I understand also right. that one of her best friends is Letty Bruce. Or And I was like, that seems, first of all, wildly unlikely. And uh, <laughs> from what I know, just anecdotally about Lenny Bruce, he wasn't the friendliest guy. Right, how, about, right. how about Bill Hicks? He'll hang out with a woman comic. Yeah, right. I don't think Lenny Bruce was hanging out with a lot of women comics. No, uh, Kevin Pollack, who is is tremendous uh, in in Better Things and in Miss Maisel, mm -hmm. is in uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and, uh, and and is is completely aware with all the experience he's had. Uh, up, down, over, left, right, tremendous success, everything. What an arc to her career. And he's now so having so much fun just acting in these things. It has the ability to take a half step back and go and know and understand exactly what we're talking about now. He and, was in and, Willow, wasn't he? Yes. <laughs> and, and, and also Avalon and some un and, and uh, usual suspects. He's a mm -hmm. ridiculous act. And so I like ran into him like six months ago or something. And I said, I hadn't seen it. I went, yeah, Maisel, good work. And he goes, it's a fantasy. <laughs> it is. It is a that. Because he knows to a comic, he can't just go, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's to civilians, he go, but to a comic, he knows he's got to go. It's right. not a documentary. It's yeah, right. right. Frank Conniff right. used to talk about when he wrote for Sabrina, when Frank Conniff used to write for sure. the, he was like, the only thing I can say to some people is people like it. And <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah. they're selling ads. It's making money. Right. There's something to be said for that. Exactly. So, all right, let's wrap this one up. Okay. Uh, and and um, uh, let's have you thought we've talked. You are in circles with a lot of really good comedians slash writers. Mm-hmm. And yet you have not gone that direction. You have not said to yourself, I'm going to try. I'm going to staff up. You uh, know, I literally just said to some Ophira Eisenberg, I was like, you know, maybe I should get one of these writing jobs. And we looked at each other and we laughed. She was like, is that how it's done, Jackie? And I was like, I bet you that's not how it's done. But I understand people get pensions. And uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, for many years. 
And this, and I don't think I was wrong. I just, because quite honestly, I just mostly just want to do stand up, right? Right. I love acting. I love voiceover work. I've been doing a little more voiceover work because I really want to do more voiceover work. And so I put that out there. And so people are like, do you want to do this? I got three lines in a Bob's burger. And uh, nice. Yeah. And it was super fun. And that was neat. And then, um, and I, uh, so, and then I also have a, a, a sort of a, a, an adjacent part in a, not one of the mains in a, in a new cartoon that's coming out. This is a, but, this is a great way to explain it. I this have, is nice. uh, I've taken up zoom part. mine. I've taken up zoom mime. And, this is uh, perfect for, for describing a voiceover of less than five. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm here. Right. I'm over I'm here. here. It's Don't recurring. I'm not I'm re- here. Mm-hmm. I'm over here. I'm not right. <laughs> and uh, so, but the, but the writing stuff, I always feared that the writer's room would be there building in my house. Hopefully you can't hear it, but, uh, but the writer's room I've always feared was sitting around a room for 10 to 14 hours doing fisting jokes until someone said something funny. And I you didn't, are, you know, fairly close in some areas of the business. And, and, so, uh, but I think that's all, I think that's, so changed so yeah i think that it might be very changed now and i might have a good time i was watching a sandra bullock movie the other night the lost city tatum channing brad pitt has a bit part in it and let me tell you something the funniest all i could do i i literally i rented it on amazon and just sat in my living room and watched it and i paused it and watched it again the funniest line is literally just a throwaway line and I'm like, who wrote that? Did Brad yeah. Pitt just say it? Did did it? How did it? I want to know the providence of this line that Sandra Bullock, he plays like this, this supposed mercenary who's also a yoga instructor. Very silly. But uh, he 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 shows up to free her. And she says, why are you so good looking? And he just says, my dad was a weatherman. <laughs> That's yeah. it. I was like, it, oh, my God. Movie. Yeah. That, I was like, we could stop it there. And it's a delight. There uh, are so many levels of, of how that could have come in. It could have been in the original script. It could have been in a rewrite. Uh, an actor or anyone could have suggested it. Yeah. It could have been a hired hand. I've done jobs uh, hired for punch up on a movie and then hired for punch up on a movie so late in the process where I was punching up only when we were looking at the back of the person's head. Because okay, we, the... couldn't, it, we couldn't match lip flap. Right. So you have to write a joke for our hero while he's looking at the sidekick. Right. And it's going to come out of it. So, that, so it's crazy. But yeah. y- there, there may be some, some there openings. Might, in my twilight years, this could be it. This could be a writer's room kind of situation. I don't know what I could bring to that situation. But uh, I could at least bring punctuality and uh and and a good attitude yeah a good (laughs) attitude and then whatever comedy comes out of a joke hole those uh, are uh those are yeah uh you know and being from south milwaukee punctuality (laughs) and a good attitude uh got you hired it got you hired two out of three two out of three that's what uh, i think you don't need to know quite frankly the less you know about what you're doing at a factory in south milwaukee oh my god that's it. If you go in as an empty slate that you it's sort of like I think Anthony Bourdain said that his favorite uh, Sioux cooks, his favorite prep cooks that worked with him were immigrant guys from Central America because they didn't have a horse in that race. They had not gone to the Culinary Institute and wanted to open their own restaurant. They just oh. wanted a job. And he, they were, he was like, "Will you cut the carrots like this. And they're like, yes. <laughs> And that is the end of it. And so if I go into a writer's room and they're like, I'm going to need you to only write jokes about elephants on ships. I'll be like, okay, I'll give that a oh, shot. I don't know. Cannot imagine what a relief that is <laughs> to a showrunner. Right. Uh, I, I remember. And, and my experience is almost entirely in uh, talk variety. Um, oh, right. You know, I really only did Sanders as a sitcom, which is what petrified me about going into other sitcoms, because I would go into rooms to do punch up for a week or something. And I would go, oh, my God, I don't know how to 
they're talking a different language on a mainstream sitcom than, than right. the way I learned how to write this. So I right. didn't think I could do very well at that. But I remember uh, we only had like six slots for writers at Dennis Miller Live. This is back in the mid nineties when right, right. we made a little bit of a splash at HBO. But I remember thinking, okay, I got one office left. Who do I put in there? I put, uh, and, and it was either, it, I would get the guy, the people I knew who could write Dennis. Yeah. And, and the great thing about Dennis was he was like, Jeff, I just have my great jokes. I'll make it my voice. They don't have to sit down and write to my voice. Just okay. write great jokes. And that was pretty cool. Just write yeah. great jokes. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I wanted one guy who would crank, who would just crank. And I yeah, could yeah. literally lean in his door and go, um, uh, you know, you know, uh, I need a eclipse. dozen lines. Yeah. I need a dozen eclipse jokes. Yeah. And he'd go, great. And that was Ed Driscoll. Okay. And then I had, I love then I had an office yeah. that was wide open. And I just, I, I, I it was like, do you know do Blink a do? Patch? I do. I, I, Blink a I didn't Patch is a guy who could grind it out, man. Oh my God. No, that he'll grind just, out 500. Right. He's just, yeah. he's constantly he's amazing. throwing stuff I've had him the on the podcast. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, but then I had, I need, a, I, and I thought I need, uh, so you, so as a showrunner, if you can fit those roles, you're mm-hmm. happy. So you would fit that. I needed a weirdo. I needed somebody who will, who five out of the six jokes, I'm going to go. Uh, that's for you. <laughs> that's for you and him. And here we're yeah. throwing that away. And the sixth one, you would go, Oh my God, nobody else in this room would think of that. And that was David Feldman. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Nuts. You know, right. he's like clinically crazy. Right. So, so, you, so and- having that attitude going into a writer's room, Jackie is perfect. There you go. And I uh, here's my my final question for you is how many sure. writers do you know that have snapped in the last 30 years where you're just like, oh, I can't hang out with that guy anymore. That's unfortunate because there's yeah. at least three, three comics that I'm like, well, we're done. And yeah. I wasn't that much. I wasn't even that friendly with you to begin with. But you have you you've you've cut the yeah. strings and Th- I can't. A- in a sense, I'm grateful that I was not able to really transition a mainstream sitcom for fear that that may it becomes such an insular insular world that 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 I don't know. You know, it's just a cult at some point. It's some right. weird cult where everybody and drives a Porsche. I and, already have a cult and it's stand up yeah. comedy. And <laughs> yeah, right. it's, I don't need a secondary no. cult. No, two cults a- don't work. <laughs> if there's one thing we've learned today, Jackie Cation, it's two cults. Warring cults. Yeah. That's no, just, they don't work. Then they're called stick with the one. You'll yeah. last longer. You may still kill yourself or a hundred other people at a moment, <laughs> but you'll last longer. You know, Tina Fey said that about improv. She said, people say improv is a cult. And she's like, what's your cult done for you? I'll tell you what my cult's done for me. It's gotten me the best friends I've ever gotten. It's gotten me self-esteem. Yeah. It's gotten me, wow. yeah. you know, it's gotten me a lot of things. She's like, I met my husband. <laughs> so she's gotten that's a lot impressive. of things out of her cult. Yeah. And it is, it is. Yeah. That, that's, that's something. And, you know, I, interesting because I've always said, um, I, I've done a couple of like seminars and I'm even a little, I feel a little weird about doing that. Like talking about writing, but, but I always say, Here's how far you can get just writing a good joke. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm fortunate, but I mean, one of the reasons I hooked up with Dennis was he just liked the way I wrote jokes. Yeah. And I met Gary Shandling through Dennis and he liked the way I just wrote a good joke. And, and then I wound up writing on Sanders and then I wound up winning Emmys with Dennis Miller live. And then I wound up writing movies because I could write a good joke to start with. So you can get far just writing good jokes, just yep. learning how to write good jokes. And if you structure and write good jokes, which you do, and you want to stick your toe in that water, I think um, I think you got yourself an Evan Rude there on a really <laughs> nice 15 foot bass basser. <sighs> yeah, right. you can you can ride this lake for a long time, Jackie Cation. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, uh, all right, where do we, here, here here's what we got to do now. We got to do the plugs. Uh, okay. First of all, thank you for coming on. Thanks uh, for having me. It's the fantastic. plugs are the same. It's, uh, 
it's a, it, we just wanted to ask the second half of your questions. I love to uh, stick it around and, <laughs> sure. and do it another one so quickly. I appreciate your time. Uh, JackieCation.com has all of it. It's got mature dates. It's got merch. Uh, for some reason, it's got your my, webs. I mean, your, uh, your, uh, your podcast, podcast. right? Perfect. Dork Forest and the Jackie and Lori show. It's got clips of uh, my standup. If you want to see what kind of standup I do do i said do do and uh all you gotta do is go to jackiecation.com videos and then you can see the new james corden wow. you can see the old npr sure. you can see which i did not know they were filming and then you can see a couple of conans good times and and if you want to buy some merch if you own a dvd player you can buy my new special staycation yeah, what a fantastic name wow. <laughs> thanks because we were all home just... and my last name is cation and 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 it's a name that Chet Waterhouse would find great pride in. <laughs> Staycation. <laughs> Jackie Cation, thanks so much. Follow me on Twitter at Real Jeff Cesario. My album, What Was I Thinking? Streaming everywhere. The Play With Pain mugs available at jeffcesario.com. And I'm telling you, with Father's Day coming up, it's a great gift. Here's because, and I'm so close to actually getting cash from uh what's the name of the place the uh, oh yeah the cafe press people so here's here's all i'm saying buy a mug for your dad go to jeffcesario.com just do it it's easy he'll love it he won't even have to know the podcast it's just a funny looking mug go do it do it and uh look for dates for me uh soon i'm gonna post some tour dates i swear i am uh chet what do you got cooking this weekend, I'll be in Playa de Cartel, Mexico for the first annual nighttime cliff diving championships are you sure they're not just marching people off? Of, oh, no, no. I'll go down there and call it. Sponsored by Pinocchio's, Nevada's only all-puppet brothel, and Flantastic, the best vending machine flan ever. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain. <laughs>